Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture, seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. This is Ben. Uh, I'm really excited to continue our Joy Strength series this week. Um, I have to confess that I've had a bit of fear as we've planned this series. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last recording, but one of my fears um, has been that this series could come off as like this therapeutic massage or um, that it could lead to like self-seeking and joy. And that is not our heart at all in this. Uh, We're not just about the pursuit of happiness. In fact, I believe that chasing joy can actually be a rather miserable experience if it comes from a a self-seeking space. But rather, the heart of this series um, is really that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so how do we just press into the joy of the Lord? And so at the core of my conviction is that all of this series is rooted in presence, being in the presence of the God who is always glad to be with us. And from that place, God's joy then is the strength, the fortress, the foundation, the stronghold from which we joyfully live out the goodness and beauty of the kingdom of God. I believe we foster that joy by abiding in the Lord, by being present and open to one another, by rejoicing in the Lord. So we're not chasing joy for ourselves, but rather living into the joy of the Lord, the joy that God has the joy that God has in us, God's delight in us, and the joy of being in right relationship with God, the joy of being fully known and fully loved by God because of Christ and what he has done for us. The joy of being fully known and fully loved by God because of Christ and what he has done for us. And so we receive this joy as a gift. We practice this joy together. uh, And and we recognize that joy is something deeper than just happiness. That joy gives us strength to actually face the hard things. Um, Joy is, is not the absence of hard things, but becomes our stronghold, our strength to face these hard things. So I'm grateful to continue our teaching. We talked a little bit about shame, uh, a little bit about the importance of community. Uh, and this week, I want to talk about the joy strength of unity. And I recognize that this is really related to community, um, but the the Trinitarian relationship, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, their relationship is 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 community, but it's it's unity. There's a deep unity in that. And as we read through John, we we witness Jesus praying for the unity of his followers, that it wouldn't just be a group of individuals following Jesus, but actually a community, what we call church, unified by their love for God and their love for one another. And Jesus says that their unity would bear witness to Jesus, that w- it would point others to, to God. Uh, and Psalm 133 starts off, it says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. 
It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. This joy of unity pours out. It's good and pleasant and it it anoints uh, people. And so I just want to tap into the joy of unity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the joy that Jesus desires for us as a church. And this is... um, yeah, this is in the face of, of what in many ways has been a very divisive and isolating season, um, politically, uh, racially, pandemically, um, lots of things that feel like they're dividing, pulling us apart. So how do we, how do we embrace the joy strength of unity? And, and I want to just invite you to, 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 Take a couple minutes here, a minute or so, uh, and just take some time and list characteristics of Jesus. Uh, so you can write Jesus is, and then just just make a list, and you can hit pause while you're doing this. Uh, give you a minute to do that. You can write as many as you come up with in the next minute. All right. So hopefully you hit pause because I didn't give you a full minute there um, and took some time to write those out. I'm curious if humble or meek or humility was on your list. Uh, If so, I'd love for you to text me. My number is 507-438-8443. Uh, you can brag on yourself for including humility in the characteristics of Christ. Our, our Kingdom Mischief team actually, uh, over a year ago, I don't exactly remember when it was, but we we together made an artistic list of, of characteristics of Jesus. Starting off the same way, I just invited you and said, Jesus is, and we wrote out a bunch of different things artistically, and I still had it, and I, I went and looked at it again, and there were about 20 things on the list and humble wasn't one of them. Although I, I, I want to give us credit, we did get pretty close. We did have gentle on there. Uh, but I, I, I say this because humility is not something that's typically on our mind because it's not something our culture values. And, and even when our culture does value it, uh, it's often just because of the benefits that it has for us. So I, I was curious uh, a while ago, I just kind of was looking at stuff on humility and it was interesting, the articles that popped up. One was six ways practicing humility can make you a better leader. Uh, and then there was a, a something to the effect of practicing humility can actually help you get ahead. Uh, and I, well, that's interesting. I think we might be missing the point on humility there, uh, because humility is is not self-seeking. But humility is absolutely a key characteristic of Jesus, core to who he is. Which is fascinating to think that God is humble. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty, Jesus identifies himself as humble. Now, often we think you can't really call yourself humble, uh, but Jesus does. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. What a beautiful, beautiful invitation, a beautiful promise. These verses are pretty familiar to most of us. Just beautiful statement. Jesus says, I am humble and gentle at heart. And the the notion of humble is God-reliant. God-reliant. And then gentle is actually the same word for meek. And this word is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. You may have heard that before. Gentleness is not weakness. Humility is not weakness, but it's God's strength under God's control. Strength that comes from God, that is God-reliant and relies on God's direction. Strength rightly and humbly used for the sake of others. And so um, one of the things that uh, I just feel very strongly, the joy of unity comes through humility. This word has been on my mind for several months as we've now, humility is what we need. The joy of humility and and joy and and humility may not sound immediately connected, um, but certainly humility is countercultural. The message we receive is that happiness comes from taking what you can get, from getting the next best, best thing, from gaining power and prestige, from earning and achieving. But the scripture is full of exhortations to humility, to humble ourselves. And humility is deeply connected to joy. When he talked about how joy is rooted in relationship, there's no joy outside of relationship. And healthy relationships do not exist when it's all about me. Pride destroys relationships. Healthy relationships do not exist when it's all about me. So joy is absolutely connected with humility. It's interesting that in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, two of the Beatitudes connect joy and humility. And Jesus says, blessed are those or happy are those. And there's a, there's a connection between blessed and happy. And, and I'm, I'm coming to believe that blessedness, being blessed, bless, blessing others, it's, is much more related to joy. It's, it's, it's the joy of God's favor. It's the joy of God's grace, of God's love, of God's presence. And actually the Greek root for blessedness means to extend. So God is extending grace, extending um, love, and, and that's blessedness. That's joy. Jesus is preaching about the extension of God's kingdom and who's it, who is it, who it's extended to. And two of these beatitudes in Jesus' bold kingdom proclamation and teaching are directly related to humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Joyful are the poor in spirit. Joyful are the meek. Now, humility can be a bit tricky. I, I, I want to be, be clear that humility is not self-loathing and it's not self-deprecating. Those that can actually be equally prideful and they're often quite self-centered. Humility is not a denial of God-given gifts or abilities, but is those gifts and abilities rightly used to draw attention to God for God's glory 
and for the sake of others. Humility is not, you may have heard this before, uh, fairly popular quote, but humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. And, and I want to say, too, in Romans 12, Paul kind of writes about humility. Humility is a healthy self-regard, adequately evaluating ourselves, our identity, in terms of who God is and how God has created us and what God desires for us. So Paul writes in, in Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. That's interesting. He doesn't, he says, don't think of yourself more highly than you should, but then he doesn't say, think of yourself, uh, think less of yourself. He says, think of yourself with sober judgment. In other words, with a, with a right evaluation, uh, in the passion, passion translation, it says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. So humility actually comes from a place of, of an appropriate, a healthy self-regard. It's an accurate evaluation of ourself in the eyes of God and who God has created us to be. And so this is, this is the core of what I hope you hear uh, in this teaching. True humility comes out of joy strength and true humility increases joy. True humility comes out of joy strength and true humility increases joy. And I think there's two fantastic biblical stories to contrast from the book of Genesis uh, about this idea of humility and, and joy. Now, first is, is the story of Jacob. And if you remember the story of Jacob, uh, he's the second son. And Esau is, is dad's favorite. And most of Jacob's life is striving to find favor in his dad's eyes. He's trying to earn and obtain his worth. This is who, who Jacob is. This is what Jacob is about. He's trying to earn and obtain his worth, and he gets some help from his mom. But he deceives his brother. He deceives his dad because he's trying to earn favor. And those relationships become broken, unhealthy, and even dangerous for Jacob. They're destructive to his family. He's not coming from a place of joy strength. He's seeking to find it. And he's not really going about it in the right ways. And so Jacob then has to leave his family because of the, the unhealth and the destruction that has, he has caused. And as he's, as he's uh, traveling, he has a vision of the stairway and, and uh, the stairway to heaven. And when he wakes up, he says, if God proves his favor upon me, then God will be my God. If God will show me favor, then God will be my God. He, there's, it's honest. <laughs> I'll give Jacob credit. Like he's honest about where he's at with God. He needs God to prove himself and then uh, God will be his God. 
but God has made them this promise. But Jacob's not quite in a place where he can receive that. And then he's going and he 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 was working for his uncle. And God is actually fulfilling God's promise. God is showing Jacob favor. Uh, but it's complicated. And there's deceit from his uncle Laban. And there's some deceit on, on Jacob's own part. There's still this striving. There's still this striving. And, and Jacob seems to be seeking to find joy um, not necessarily in wrong places, but through some not so healthy means. And he, he, he wants to find joy in a wife whom he desires, uh, which is not a bad thing. He's trying to obtain his uncle's favor, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but there's deception. There's, there's this striving to prove himself and he's seeking to find worth and meaning and having a big family. Um, and, and the reality is like his story is just kind of messy. None of our stories are messy, I'm sure. But finally, he he departs from his uncle. He's got a huge family. He's a, a, exceptionally wealthy, like really, really wealthy. God has la- actually lavished favor upon him. And, and Jacob recognized it to some extent, but there's still some wrestling. And, and he's not sure what it's all for. And he's, he's still got past brokenness with his brother. There's fear, there's pain. And then we have this picture as Jacob is getting ready to encounter his brother, that Jacob is wrestling through the night. It's a picture of wrestling with God. And in many ways, this is an image of Jacob's life, fighting for a blessing, fighting for favor, fighting to be seen, to be known, to be valued. And the beauty of this is that God meets him in that place and he experiences the joy of wrestling with God. And he says, I won't let you go until you bless me, God. And God does. And then once he knows himself blessed, this is a pivot point for Jacob. Once he knows himself blessed, it changes who he is. He now has a bit more of a foundation of joy strength, changes who he is. And now as he goes to meet his brother, there is humility in his posture. There is healing and reconciliation that happens in that relationship as Jacob recognizes the grace and kindness of God, and he actually recognizes it in the face of his brother as he goes to him in a posture of humility. So that's, that's one, one story. The next story is actually of one of Jacob's son. It's the story of Joseph. Now, if you remember, Joseph is actually his dad's favorite. He's the favored one of Jacob. And and so Joseph actually has this sense of confidence and strength in being his, his, his dad's favorite. He actually has a decent foundation of, of joy strength, being loved and delighted in by his dad. But unfortunately, he also seems to have this air of arrogance about him. He's, he's, you know, he loves rubbing it in his brother's faces. I don't know if you've ever read the story in this way. Uh, 
actually had a Hebrew, my Hebrew teacher in seminary talked about when, when you actually read this story in the Hebrew, it, it just gives a different sense of picture of Joseph. I, I had never really realized that I thought Joseph was like, you know, he's the good guy. He's the protagonist in the story. But when you read about him, uh, in his younger days, there's, there's just this air of pride and arrogance in him from being his dad's favorite. And, and so in some ways you can kind of see why his brothers don't like him so much <laughs> as he's sharing his dreams and, um, with them as, as it's kind of source of pride. Um, but, but then Joseph experienced his humiliation on multiple levels. He isn't humble, but he is humbled. So he learns humility, but even as he goes through this process of being humbled, of being humiliated, there seems to be a strength, I believe a joy strength that sustains him through the humiliation. There's a faith in God and a trust in who God has said he is. He knows himself as the favored and called, and that sustains him through some extremely difficult times. And the beauty, part of the beauty in this story is that as Joseph learns humility, he learns a deeper joy. He experiences a deeper joy with his family. After being humbled, he is able through a process to appreciate his brothers and experience the joy of being with his family in a new posture of humility. There's humility on his part. There's humility in each of his brothers. And there's humility uh, even in Jacob, his dad, as well. There's two kind of stories contrasting uh, joy, strength, and humility. And now I want to take a look at Jesus. Because that's, that's, that's who we want to look at. It's Jesus. He's the author. He's the perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. True humility comes from the place of joy strength, and it leads to joy. And we'll look at this in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Paul writes, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So Jesus and his father and the Holy Spirit are dwelling together in communion, in unity, in that 
joy, strength place. That, that relationship is just joy. It's pure love. And there's actually humility. I don't know if you've ever thought about the fact that there's humility between God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. There's humility in their relationship and there's joy. But it's Jesus comes from that place of joy, strength. It's out of the fullness of who he is as God, the unique beloved son, out of that place that he is able to empty himself, to pour himself out for the sake of others. He will not exploit his divine identity and privilege. He does not cling to it, but offers the fullness of himself to us coming to earth, becoming a baby, humility. And in his life, teaching and ministry on earth, Jesus did not exploit his divinity, but he also did not deny it. He lived out of the fullness of who he was and is for the sake of others. That is joy strength. That is humility. He humbles himself, empties himself, pours himself out for us, for the forgiveness of our sins, for our deliverance out of slavery to sin, to promote justice and mercy, for our healing he was wounded, for our life he was killed. He scorned the shame, he experienced the humiliation of the cross that we might share his joy, and his joy and our joy may be full Jesus humbles himself because of his joy strength. And then he returns to joy with an even fuller joy because he has now made it possible for us to enter that joy. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Jesus returns to the Father, to the fullness of joy, strength at the right hand of God, and God exalts him. And there is an echoing chorus of those confessing his lordship and entering into God's glory. Joy begets joy through the humble, self-giving, the pouring out of self for the sake of others. Truest humility comes from joy, strength and leads to joy strength, from joy to joy, from glory to glory. I, I envision this like, like a branch on a tree. And the tree has deep roots in the joy and love of God. And there's the branch. The branch is content to be rooted in that joy but the branch also produces delicious fruit or beautiful leaves or flowers that bring joy to others. So the branch may not look like much and it's content to go largely unnoticed, but is connected to joy. It's rooted in joy and it also produces joy. So we've been talking about joy as being in the presence of God, who is always glad to be with you. And, and uh, you may have had this thought, maybe not, but some may think this could sound a bit narcissistic. Uh, but I believe that it is a deep truth that God is delighted to be with us. And it actually leads to a healthy self-regard and understanding, and a healthy God understanding that leads to joy, strength of humility. I think most of the humblest people I can think of are people 
who know themselves as God's beloved, not in any sort of braggadocious way, not in a way to lord it over others, but they know themselves as God's beloved. And that gives them a deep sense of security through which they can love and serve others, not trying to prove themselves, not trying to earn anything, just living out of that fullness. When you know yourself fully known and fully loved by God, you don't have to compete. You don't have to strive to prove yourself better than others. You don't have to fight for your rights or for your preferences. You don't have to fight for yourself. You don't have to prove your righteousness. You already have the security of knowing yourself fully known and fully loved in the joy of the Lord. By the way, if you, if you find yourself focused on proving your righteousness or your rightness, you're pro- probably no longer actually talking about righteousness, but instead self-righteousness. And I think the difference between righteousness and self-righteousness is humility. There is a profound freedom in the joy of the Lord. Humility comes out of that place of joy strength. Those who are most truly humble are often those who are most secure in their identity as God's beloved. Because they live out of that place of abiding with God who is always glad to be with you. And you know your true identity in Christ when you're fully known, fully loved, fully forgiven you then can live out of humility. So true humility comes from joy strength. True humility also increases joy because humility is focused on increasing the joy of others. It's living out that Abrahamic covenant blessing. I will, I will bless you to bless others. So when humility is focused on loving, serving, edifying, encouraging, caring for, meeting the needs of others, Um, we talk about joy being in the presence of someone who is glad to be with you. I think when we're living out of humility, we are the people who are glad to be with others. We are glad to serve others. We are glad to be with others. Even, even in the messiest of circumstances, we humble ourselves because we want others to experience joy, not others to be edified, to be built up. Now there's also this humility of admitting our own needs. Because when you love and serve others, you'll actually find that it increases your own joy. That's not the motivation for it. Motivation is to increase somebody else's joy. But in that process, our own joy increases. And so this this is the beauty of community and the beauty of unity is that we also have the humility of admitting our own needs because that allows others the opportunity to bless us, to give them the joy of serving And so there's this beautiful space of mutuality and reciprocity that is created through humility. There's mutual respect. There's mutual honor. There's not competition or striving or wrestling. This is unity. This is unity built through humility, seeking to honor one another. Humility is increasing another's joy, another's sense of worth and well-being, their sense of being known and loved, to the willingness to give people your attention, your love, your time, your gifts. 
when we do this for others, it increases joy, their joy and ours. And this is the beauty of connection, of community, of unity. This is the joy of unity, the joy of communion. Real quickly, as I close up, just a couple quick thoughts on practicing humility in this current landscape and always um, I've mentioned some things already, but just listen and ask for the why. As you get to know you, often we, we get into these places of division because we disagree about something. But if we have the humility to, to learn somebody's perspective, to learn somebody's why, we actually get, um, it, we get at why something is important to them. We get at core values, which often gets us to common ground or helps us at least to understand one another better. And we, we understand people's real lived experiences, which is much more relatable than just talking about something but actually what is lived and what is being lived out. So listen and ask for why. Uh, listen and submit to wisdom, direction of other godly people. There's a willingness to not have to be right. And there's um, the willingness to trust the wisdom of others that comes with humility. Humility also involves repentance and confession. Uh, I think about um David's Psalm, Psalm 51, just that, that beautiful notion, restore to me the joy of salvation because I'm broken. I have a contrary heart. I, I know I messed up. I'm going to turn to you. And there's deep joy in the humility of confession when we mess up. Be willing to admit mistakes, seek forgiveness, seek restoration. That's humility in action. The humility to pray for our enemies, to pray for those we disagree with, to pray for blessing. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, the humility to just seek to edify someone else, to build someone else up in some way. Romans 12, which is a beautiful passage. I would encourage you to read that. Philippians 2 Romans 12, read those over and over again this week. I can encourage you to do that. But Paul writes like, teachers, teach, prophets, prophesy, healers, heal, givers, give, encouragers, encourage. Whatever your gift is, whatever your identity, whatever gift God, God has given you, your identity, live that out for the edification, for the blessing, for the joy of others. I'm going to close. Um, yeah, just by reading from Philippians 2 again. The joy of unity comes through the joy strength of humility. So if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, 
even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, we thank you that from your place of joy strength, you humbly came to the earth for our sake. We thank you that the strength that you had, the relationship with your Father and with the Holy Spirit, the joy that you had, the love that you had, strengthened you to teach us, to encourage us, to show us how to live. And it was also the strength you used to endure the cross for our sake, that we might be set free from sin set free from shame, that we might be healed through your brokenness, that we might enter your joy at the right hand of God the Father. Thank you, Jesus. May your joy be our strength. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God loves you and is glad to be with you. God blesses you and the face of Christ shines on you with grace and joy. May the Lord's joy be your strength to humbly love, serve, and bless others. That joy may be full. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.